0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to be talking
0: a little bit about what's going on
1: in B2B marketing. Joining us is Michael Lodge, who is the CEO of EM360 Tech, which is a content platform that collects and communicates industry insights for its online community. The EM360 Tech content manifests itself in different ways to suit viewers' consumption preferences, whether that be podcasts, videos, white papers, and more. And today, Michael and I are going to discuss why networking sites aren't effective for MarTech. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Michael Lodge, the CEO of EM360 Tech. Michael, welcome to the MarTech podcast.
2: Thanks, Ben. Great to be here and great to be talking to you. Thank you for having me.
1: Excited to have you on the show and excited to talk to someone who's in a similar industry that I am. We rebranded our company this year and we went from being Ben J. Shap LLC. The name was a little too me, me, me. It was my consulting practice. And now where I hear everything and we're starting to build content as a service and help companies in the B2B space, create their own podcasts. You're doing a similar things, podcast videos, white papers. Let's talk a little bit about what's happening in B2B marketing. Specifically, you've got to take that networking sites aren't effective for MarTech anymore. Talk to me a little bit about what you mean by a networking site and why aren't they working?
2: I think for me, a networking site or a typical example of a networking site is LinkedIn as a prime example. I joined LinkedIn. I must have been one of the first members of LinkedIn when they launched many, many, many years ago. And I thought it was a terrific site to network with like-minded individuals, people with similar backgrounds, similar likes, similar business views as myself. But certainly networking sites or LinkedIn, they've really changed or evolved dramatically over the last couple of decades. And how often now do you go to a networking site and instead of coming across content that would add value, I should say, to your knowledge about a particular industry that you have a passion for, and instead see people sharing memes about their work or about their cat or about their dog, irrelevant content that doesn't resonate with me. So. There's social media platforms like Facebook if you want to share memes about your cat and dog, but I think particularly networking sites like LinkedIn have lost their way. And as a marketer, as a podcast marketer myself, and certainly as a content marketer, I don't feel that LinkedIn offers me a platform where I can really try to get in front of a very engaged audience that is looking at a particular topic area.
1: I have such mixed emotions about LinkedIn. It's my biggest social following a little over 10,000 followers on LinkedIn, which feels like a lot for me and is a drop in the bucket for the people that have been on the platform for as long as you have. The idea that LinkedIn is becoming more of a regular old social network, not necessarily just business focused. Obviously, there's a lot of content that's on there that is related to business, but people are starting to put their life updates there as well. And as a content creator, LinkedIn doesn't necessarily want you to put your content on the platform and then drive people to a third party site. They don't want you to drive someone to the Apple podcast download page to listen to your podcast. So what I've found is you end up writing these long text posts, which are pretty dense, that I don't think anybody wants to read, that end up being relatively focused on self-promotion. And I don't think they actually really add value, but that's what gets LinkedIn's algorithm to start to promote your posts. So we can talk about the benefits and the problems with LinkedIn. I love the platform. It is my biggest social network. I wish there was a way to more actively try to drive the outcomes that I want on the platform, which for me is getting content consumption. But we're saturated with self-promotion. We're saturated with memes that are irrelevant. We're saturated with basically just bad sales tactics on the platform. Outside of LinkedIn, are there other networking sites that you've found to be more effective or is it just LinkedIn or Bust now?
2: I'm not on many networking platforms. So I have three key platforms that I use. One is Instagram. The other one is Facebook. And those two are real primarily social platforms. So I don't regard them as networking platforms. The one major networking platform that I'm on is LinkedIn but I feel that LinkedIn has moved from a networking platform more to a social platform. As you said, if you look at the content on LinkedIn now and you see the content that are getting the most engagements, the most shares, the most likes, they're usually not related to a professional networking platform. The content is designed or should have been on Facebook, for example. So unfortunately, I can't talk about another networking platform out there that I think has the same issues. I'm on LinkedIn. I've used LinkedIn. I continue to use LinkedIn. It's my favorite platform in terms of networking. But is it really a networking platform anymore? They diverted. And once you start opening up to the masses, then I believe once you start opening up a platform to anyone and everyone, it doesn't become a networking platform anymore. It becomes a social media platform.
1: Okay. So talk to me about ways that you can do networking if The LinkedIn's of the world are no longer effective. How do we meet our peers, our potential prospects? What are some of the ways to actually build those connections to not only improve your network for your personal development, but also to drive business results?
2: A bit like a classified portal, right? I guess you guys are familiar with Craigslist, for lack of a better example, in the U.S. We have the equivalent of Gumtree over here. These sort of classified platforms are a dying breed. And the reason why they're a dying breed is markets are becoming more and more verticalized. So if you want to buy a property, you'll go to Zillow. If you want to buy a car, you go to Auto Trader over here in the UK. They're becoming more and more verticalized. I believe just like classified portals or classified platforms, networking platforms are going to become more and more verticalized. So my interest is IT. Although I produce podcasts and we're in the business of producing podcasts, Our podcasts are very much focused on enterprise technology, IT, covering topics like cybersecurity, AI, data management. And I believe that the networking sites are going to become verticalized in the sense that those people that are interested in networking with their peers, whether they are in IT, whether they are doctors, nurses, vets, they will prefer to be on platforms where they are having meaningful dialogue with like-minded individuals within their same sort of professional industry. One of the things that we're doing at AM360 is creating a community of strictly IT and business leaders within the enterprise market that are focused exclusively on enterprise IT. So our community is very restricted. We don't have a mass audience, but the audience that we have is sharing content, discussing ideas, discussing thoughts on a particular topic area, and that area is enterprise technology.
1: A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. So what I'm hearing from you is that the rise of communities and verticalized communities is really taking over for the changes in online networking. We're seeing the LinkedIn's of the world become more social media platforms. And since they are so general people are starting to move towards digital communities to do their networking so talk to me about some of the technology behind the communities that you're seeing you mentioned enterprise it is this everyone getting together on a slack are you using a community platform you know what's the technology that's helping facilitate this communication and actually driving more meaningful networking
2: Again, I don't think anyone can compete with LinkedIn when it comes to a mass audience and creating mass subscribers. But what we're doing is ensuring that people that are subscribing a to the website are vetted, meaning that they need to register through their LinkedIn account. We use LinkedIn for that purpose to ensure that the job title matches the job title of the people that we want on the community. Once that is matched, we then allow them to create a profile on the platform with their bio, their work history, and so on. And as a new subscriber, they're allowed to submit content, but that content is moderated, meaning it doesn't go live until it's vetted by our editorial team. If the content is deemed as irrelevant to the community that we're building, it'll be deleted. I mean, it won't even go live. Now, we encourage contributors to submit content that's relevant, and when they submit content that's relevant and that content goes live, we reward them for it. We give them points. The more points they gain, the higher the ranking they achieve through the ranking levels that we have going up to industry guru. And once they hit the industry guru level, we pay them for their content to ensure that that content remains at the highest level. So encouraging them to submit content, we're rewarding them for submitting good quality content and we are paying them for that content at the same time.
1: That's an interesting concept of creating these verticalized communities and providing people not only sort of gamification to show their level of authority within a content, but also giving a monetary incentive. So I understand the value for someone, let's call them the content creator or the expert coming into one of these communities, you're getting the value of networking, you're meeting your peers, you're building authority, potentially you are even getting paid for your thoughts. Talk to me about some of the benefits for the organization. Like who's putting these communities together and what are they getting out of being the community managers?
2: Unlike, again, unlike LinkedIn, where you can create these communities. And I think LinkedIn, in a way, by creating those communities are verticalizing. So you have your CIO group there. You have your marketing group on LinkedIn. These groups are, in a way, being verticalized through LinkedIn. There is no verticalized community on, for example, on the 360 It's IT decision makers, IT directors, network managers, system managers, anyone within the IT decision making chain or IT decision making profile within an organization will have full access to the website. There is no creating separate groups oh let's create a group for just IT managers or let's create a group for CIOs. It's a community of like-minded individuals that have a vested interest in understanding how IT is moving businesses forward. That's what it is. So yes, they are able to network with one another. They are able to interact with one another. They're able to connect with one another. And more importantly, they're able to ask for expert advice from our industry gurus. So once you reach an industry guru status, you're able to provide advice and get the community to ask questions of you in terms of, hey, You know, I have a problem with penetration testing. Is there anything that you recommend as a cybersecurity expert, for example, right?
1: There's a similar thing that happens when you're the host of a podcast. When you're the host of anything, you're the host of a party. People tend to assign credibility because you're the person organizing all of the smart people. And as an organization, A, you get access to the people who are the influencers in your industry, But there's something magical that happens when you get smart people together in a room. And it's not just, wow, this is a wonderful event, or now I've provided value to them your customers your prospects the people that are in your network start to think about you differently i've noticed this in my career obviously i'm not creating a community in the same sense that you are but people started asking me different questions once i became a podcast host i don't know if i became a different type of marketer i've definitely learned a lot from being the content creator But in reality, all I'm doing is getting smart people in front of microphones and there's an assumed value or assumed knowledge that you have whenever you're the host, the host of a podcast, the host of a community, the host of a party. The people that are invited into those conversations, the people that are invited to the party that you're hosting are going to assume that you have some sort of knowledge or value because you're the one who's been putting everything together. There is value in coordinating community, whether it be a digital community, in person, events, even your content creation. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Michael Lodge, the CEO of EM360 Tech. Join us again tomorrow when Michael and I continue our conversation talking about B2B influencers' impact on the tech industry. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Michael, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His company's handle is em360tech, that's em 360 tech Or you could visit his company's website, which is em360tech.com. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P.